Hello, my friends. This is We Live on a Planet. It's a personal journal with a variety show flair. I'm your host, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 570. That's what I'm building, at least today. I'm titling this one, Focus. We'll try to focus the best we can. It's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022, when I'm recording this one. And it's early in the morning. I am working on, like, no sleep these past couple days. I don't know what's going on with me. I'll get, like, two hours of sleep, and I wake up, and I am just, like, I feel like I slept eight hours. And um, I was up at 3 o'clock yesterday in the morning and went to bed at 9 at night and got up at 11 in, at night. So I only got two hours of sleep. Moving forward, what's the temperature right now? It is early in the morning, like I said, but it is 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Feels like 53. Highs are going to be about 58 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds are out of the northwest, 7 miles per hour. If you are in another region of the world listening, that is 12 degrees Celsius. Feels like 12. Highs are going to be about 13. Winds are out of the northwest at 5 kilometers per hour. Is that what it is? 5 kilometers per hour yeah I, I think per I, I don't know the metric system I it's confusing to me it's <laughs> and it shouldn't be it's not that confusing uh so like I said we're, we're titling this one focus and I already feel like I've lost my focus because I'm just kind of I'm rambling in the sense of my brain is just jumbled but we can jump into our topic before we take a break or our topic excuse me did I mention this is unedited one and done yeah it is so not topic our quote here's our quote focus your energy on people who bring you love peace, and positivity, and make sure you bring those things to yourself. So it's that's why I titled this one Focus. It's not really about focusing in the sense of me focusing, but you do have to focus your energy on people who love you and bring you love and bring you peace and positivity. Focus on those type of people, and then you have to bring those things to yourself. You got to have inner peace with yourself. And my quote on the last show was about living in, you know, how our past, we live in the past and remember the past differently than what it was. And I have a lot of past memories that just came up with me. And, um, I'll tell you about those when we come back. Stick around. All right, we're back. Past memories. So how am I having past memories that just came up? Well, after 40 years of having an arcade, stand-up arcade game in our family, an end of an era has come to an end. <laughs> uh, I sold the game 
the stand-up arcade game was called Pango, P-E-N-G-O. You were a penguin pushing ice blocks, trying to squish these snow bees. We obtained it in 1982, or excuse me, maybe 1983. The serial competition was in 1983. The game is from 1982. It never saw an arcade. Yeah, never. Damn. When we got it, it was still in the crate. You would put quarters in, and the quarters would just come out into the return slot. You just push one player or two player, and it would automatically start. We had the um, all three sets of the keys to it and you could open up the back adjust the chips to get to where you had instead of three penguins five penguins to start off with for for lives you could make it to where you would get a bonus at 30,000 instead of 50,000 you could make it a little easier and you could turn the sound down but even when the sound down it was still so loud because it had to compete in an arcade with all the other arcade games that were out at the time in the 80s when everybody was just pumping quarters into those things. I'm one of them. I'm guilty. I spent a lot of time in the arcade growing up, and so I have mixed feelings about it, but it went to a good home. I know it's going to be loved. It needed to be fixed. It still plays. It's still, the game is still self. It works. The light comes on and everything, but the monitor itself stopped working. And so the the gentleman who bought it is a collector, and um, he's got to have it fixed, and he told me it would cost at least $150 or more to get the monitor fixed. And it is a beast of heaviness. I, I couldn't believe, I forgot how heavy Pengo was. Pengo only was moved a couple times. It spent years in my dad's basement from when we got it. And then in the 90s, it moved to Syracuse, New York, when my brother and I lived in an apartment together. And then back to my dad's. And then I obtained it years and years and years and years ago. And I just kind of gravitated it as it was mine instead of the family's anymore. And I talked to the family about it and everybody was cool about it. You know, I talked to my brother. I was like, do you have any interest in Pango? And he's like, nah, you know, I don't. But to me, it just, I was 12 years old and it just has... A lot of good memories, you know, of the family playing together, my mom and my dad playing it together, and my cousins coming over and playing it, and my aunts and uncles playing it, and my friends, when they would come over to visit, it'd be like, let's play that. And then it's it's strange, shortly after, not too long after, consoles started coming out like Nintendo. And when we got Nintendo, here we are wanting to play Nintendo instead of our arcade game because Pengo only played one game where your arcade, you had cartridges, and now you can 
play all kinds of stuff, but I grew up playing Atari. I grew up playing Pong, actually, before that. Pong was our first game we had in our house. And then we got Atari. Coleco, well, before that, we had a, um, a motorcycle racing game. And the name of it, ex Excite, no, I, the name of it ex escapes me. It was a plug-in one where you jumped like Evil Knievel buses. And then right after that, we got Atari. But uh, I'm going to come back to Pango when we come back from the break because I got a little bit more to talk about it. We'll be right back. I got to fuel up on some coffee too and clear my we. I got a little wheeze in me. Tis the season. Yeah, the trees are, everything's fallen off the trees. I'll be right back. And we're back. Like I said, uh, Pango, super heavy. Um, the gentleman who bought it when we were moving it, good thing he had a hand cart. We, I moved it before without a hand cart upstairs when I, and when I was in my twenties and young and strong and brought it up. I don't know how many flights of stairs, but that beast I could never move now. He had a hand truck. And I remarked to him about how heavy it was, and he said, yes, Pango itself, that game, it was made by Sega. He said it was one of the heavier stand-up arcade game consoles made. The cabinet itself was heavy-duty. And um, so he's going to be fixing it, like I said. And also, it's pretty neat because it was won through a serial competition called Havsi's Cereal. It was the first NutraSweet cereal that came out with NutraSweet in it. And it's, I think it had NutraSweet in it. But the kick was, the thing was half the, half the sugar in cereal. Well, kids want sugar in cereal. Adults want sugar in cereal. People want sugar. We crave sugar. We actually, things, the only thing the body really truly craves is salt. But I'm going off on a tangent. So we did not, my family did not actually win the game through Havsey's Cereal. It was a kid in the town over from me that was a friend of my brother's who won it. And they paid the winning tax as far as I know, but decided to sell it. And what we paid for it was the winning tax is what we paid. And the gentleman I got it from, um, <clears throat> excuse me, went on eBay and found Havsey's cereal letterhead from 1982 and he's gonna buy some of it send it to me have me write up a little story about how i obtained or we obtained in my family pango and then he wants to frame it and put it near pango he also that there was two other games you could have won you could have won star trek or zaxxon or Pango, and 
I he already has Star Trek. Now he has Pengo. I don't know if he has Zaxxon, but if he has all three of them, he's completed his collection of winning games from a failed serial that is no longer around. I've never been on eBay. I would He offered for me to buy them on eBay for him, and he would have paid me the cost of what it would have cost me, but I've never been on eBay. I've never sold anything on eBay. I've never bought anything on eBay, but it made me curious um, about eBay. So I went on and I saw on eBay, by the way, they have a ROM, R-O-M, Space Knight from 1979 for almost $500 they have for sale, which is a toy from Parker Brothers, which is now Hasbro. And they only made like 200,000 of these toys were sold in 1979. And the guy wants 500 and he only has one accessory with it. I have a working Space Knight ROM Space Knight with extras a leg, just a leg for him was $35. And then one accessory, like a gun for him was 35 or $45. Now that means somebody's got to, you got to find a buyer for it, but it is a Marvel character, Rom is. So if they end up making a Rom movie and having that, wow. But that thing is not for sale. I had it out standing up in my living room on a shelf, just kind of getting dusty with some of its props around it, battery still in it. And uh, once I found out the price of it, what it's worth, I took the battery out, wrapped it up pretty good, put it in a safe place, and that is not for sale. I sold Pengo. That was hard enough. But Rom is now in a safe place. And I feel bad about Silent Pengo because I feel like I sold a family heirloom. Like, that's something that could have been passed down to my family. But it was such a heavy beast. And such a big, big thing, too. Big, huge hunk of furniture. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. I got some more rambling. So do you like theoretical physicists? I do. I like to think about the future a lot. And talking about Space Knight, Rom the Space Knight, and he's futuristic, and that was in 1979 that I obtained him. And um, I still have him, and he still works. And I think, though, about the future and... Um, I can't say his name properly. Mikishio Keiu. M-I-C-H-I-O K-A-K-U. He's a theoretical physicist. I can't say his name right. I just, it's hard for me to, uh, 
without it phonetically spelled out. Um, but it's futuristic. I know I'm jumping topics, but since we're talking space and space night, um, he said uh, on a show I was watching just recently, he says that he thinks that in 50 to 100 years, which is a blink, really, in the time of man, Fifty to a, in, in 50 to 100 years, he is 100%, not 99%, not 99.9%. He said 100% certain within 50 to 100 years, we will make contact with ETs, extraterrestrials. What? <laughs> I don't even know if I can wrap my brain around that. Damn. 50 to 100 years. I'm 52 years old right now. So theoretically, I could be alive if we make contact with ETs. What the frick? Do you believe that? I don't know if I believe that. I mean, he is just a theoretical physicist. That's his job is just to kind of theorize some ideas. But he is well known. He's an author. And you have to think about it. In 1995, we found our first exoplanet. An exoplanet is one that's Earth-like and has... Um, you know, things around him uh, gravitate uh, like a, a star. Um, and today we have found over 5,000 exoplanets. So just in 1995, we found one and lost our mind. We were like, holy cow, look what we found. We found an exoplanet. Can you believe it? Since then, we found 5,000, and every day they find more. Some are in the Goldilocks zone, which is the the zone that the Earth is in. That's just right. The James Webb telescope is amazing. That's a telescope that's just been sending back some fantastic images. And uh, the thing is amazing anyways. It's just a big, giant magnifying glass, but it also it can test planets' atmospheres. So its job is really to seek out these exoplanets in these Goldilocks zones and then get close enough to them, test their gases and their atmosphere that's coming off from them. If they're finding things that aren't occurring that should be occurring through science, science like what the universe would explain, then they know there's probably life down on that planet. Such as like right now, the Earth, if you were to observe it from space and then be able to use the James Webb telescope on the Earth, you would observe that we're giving off gases, we're giving, we're chemicals are coming off from the Earth that aren't naturally occurring from the Earth. And so if we find planets that are giving off chemicals that wouldn't be naturally occurring, then we can assume that there's life 
because there's some industrial something going on down there pumping gases like we do here in our planet that we live on. Wow, right? Wow. That's just something to chew on. We'll be right back. And we are back. So I am going to be a lonely guy in just a little while. My wife is, she is heading out of town. But hooray for her. She's going on vacation and she's going to have fun with her best friend out in Atlanta. So I'm happy for her. You know, I'm going to be lonely. But she's not going to be gone for too long. Besides my best friend, Corey, who was my only friend, besides you guys, you guys are my friends. And I mean that it sounds so corny, but it's true. You're my motivation to keep going because you're still listening. You still want to hear what I have to say. So when I look at my numbers, people are still listening. So I say I might as well keep podcasting. But so she's, besides my best friend, Corey, she's my best friend. So it's going to be hard to be without her. And we spend an awful lot of time together because we're home together quite a bit. And um, we don't do much. (laughs) We're kind of homebodies. All right. So, yeah, she's taking a little trip. And I wanted to pull up some... I'm not going to the History Channel's website. I'm not going to go to the Facts site today. But I did want to do a did you know. Did you know the emotion recognition software used to examine Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa determined that she is 83% happy, 9% disgruntled, 6% fearful, and 2% angry. So there's a recognition software that can... hmm. And then I typed in, I'm feeling curious. I haven't done that in forever, but that used to be a staple of we live on a planet. And I was feeling curious this morning, and I said, I'm feeling curious, and this is what it gave me. What was the first permanent Spanish settlement in what is now the United States? Pedro Mendez del Alvarez hastened across the Atlantic, his sights set on removing the French and creating a Spanish settlement. Mendez arrived in 1565 at a place he called St. Augustine, which is now St. Augustine, and established the first permanent European settlement in what is now the United States. Wow, 1565. So we learned something, got a little wrinkle on our brain. Got another wrinkle on our brain, a big one, thinking about what theoretical physicists 
say that in 50 to 100, 100%, he said. 100%. I mean, granted, he he's, he's an older guy. He's in his 70s, so he can say that and be wrong and... Nobody's going to call him out because he's not going to make make it 50 to 100 years. I think, though, in 50 to 100 years of where we'll be because of where we are now from just 50 years ago or 100 years ago or just 150 years ago, you know, uh, around the American Civil War time, we've come so far. And how far we've come in flight is amazing to me in a short period of time. And now how SpaceX and the other, can't remember, Virgin Mobile or Virgin and SpaceX and Elon Musk and all those guys, the big boy toys that they're playing with, they land like... They take off like a rocket and then come back down and land, and it makes the space shuttle. I mean, the space shuttle was so futuristic looking to me, but now when I see these ones that are coming down, they almost look computer generated. It almost doesn't even look real. You're like, wow, this is happening? Yeah. Speaking of happening, an episode of We Live on a Planet just happened. And we're finishing it off. And I want to thank you. Please stop by my website, WLOAP.com. Contact me. Leave me a voicemail. I'd love to hear from you. Tell a friend about We Live on a Planet. It's the best way we gain some wheels. People learn about us. I'll talk to you again real soon. Do your best to stay curious and not judgmental. Peace.